Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, church, for being a part of our services here and for the way you have participated and sang out and the way our minds by Dell was directed were directed at the Lord's table as we remember Jesus Christ. You know, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place and we can truly behold Him. We can see Him. We can know He's here. We can understand who God is. This morning, um, you know, we're a great ministry team, Justin, Taylor, and myself. Uh, we really enjoy one another, but of course, Taylor and Justin are down at golf, and so I had announcements, and um, obviously, children's giving, which I totally forgot about. So, I go over here, and I do this, and you know, kind of been a thing, but then the kids start coming up, and then my sweet little niece comes up, and you know, I think she's going to come over here and give Uncle a hug because he desperately needs one and she sticks her hand out and I reach out she says too slow <laughs> like that's about the way my day's going so <laughs> oh wow but you can see God in children you can see God in everything right and I am so thankful we can today we have sang a lot about behold our God we have read we have prayed we have partook of the Lord's Supper, and it's all about God. And I'm so thankful that it is. I'm so thankful we, that we have this privilege. You know, when I think of God, there are a lot of attributes. We talked about attributes this morning in my Bible class. There are a lot of attributes about God. We could certainly talk, and probably through this year, talk about how holy God is. We could talk about how God is love. We could talk about how God is peace. We could talk about all kinds of things about God. Today, I've chosen to talk about His power. God is all-powerful. When I think of power, the things I think of are nowhere near the power of God. But when I think of a tool... Maybe it's a, a saw or a drill. And some source of power gives that tool that power. Used to, we plug them in, and some we still do, obviously. But now you have a battery that charges it, and, and when you have that battery full on charge, that drill is just full of power. But the longer that drill goes without charging, that battery dies and the drill will not rotate. It will not drill. And the same can be said about us. We've got to be attached to the power source. We've got to be fully charged. My mission, as this theme has been laid out for us by our elders, my mission to you this year is for you to never leave the power source. I want you to always be plugged in so that we are always full of power because that power comes from God. You see, when I think of our Heavenly Father, all I can think about is power. And as was read to us earlier by Ethan, in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, we hear a lot about power in these verses. Listen to them again. Now to Him... That's God who is able to do exceedingly 
abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul certainly appreciated the power of God. You know, Paul, even after his conversion, wrote that he felt like at times he was the chief of all sinners. Meaning that there was no one that sinned more than him. Remember, this is a man that persecuted the church of our Lord. Therefore, he persecuted Jesus Christ. In fact, when Jesus appeared to him in that vision on the road to Damascus, he said, why are you persecuting me? Paul instantly felt regret. When he realized who Jesus was, when he realized the importance of being baptized into Christ, attaching himself to that power, plugging into that power, there were times that he still felt regret. Now, he strove to leave the past behind and press forward, but he would say, I'm the chief of all sinners. You see, we are all sinners but we can be saved by the power of God. Paul appreciated that power. He appreciated that forgiveness. This passage, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, it speaks powerfully about the abundance of God's power and His faithfulness in our lives. In the last year and Certainly that theme, just because last year expired, doesn't mean it still shouldn't be our theme every day. We really set out to study the Bible more. So as students of the Word, we have the privilege of uncovering the deep truths that are contained in these two verses. And when I tell you there are deep truths contained in these two verses, they certainly are. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to unfold these two verses. We're going to break them down. We're going to look at the power of God that lies in these two powerful verses. And so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about God's power. And the first thing we want to look at in this verse is to understand that God's power is far above our imagination. Ephesians 3.20, the first part of that. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, another version says. Let me read it again. To Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Our finite minds, that's the minds that God has given us, the minds that we have. And again, there's some brilliant minds in this room. There's some brilliant minds online. There are brilliant minds in this church, in this area. But our minds are not near as powerful as God's. And so our finite minds can only grasp a fraction of God's infinite power. What this verse says is God can accomplish far beyond what we can imagine or request. You see, when I understand God, when I truly see God for who He is, I'm going to look at His power. 
And when I look into His power and I look at a verse like Ephesians 3 verse 20, I'm going to see that that power, God's mind, His ability can do far above what my mind can even think or imagine. Isn't that comforting? Isn't it comforting to know that whatever we think can't be done by our minds, God laughs at. Because He can do far beyond what we can imagine. Going back to our theme verse this year, Jeremiah 32, 7, again declares, Ah, Lord God, it is You who made the heavens and the earth by Your great power and by Your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for You. Or what about Paul when he wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 2.9? He said, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. That is exceedingly abundantly above. That's far beyond what we can imagine or think, right? God has already planned this. I have not seen it nor has ear heard it, nor has it entered our hearts. So what do you picture heaven to be? I don't know how you picture heaven, but whatever it is, I want it to be appealing to you, okay? I want it to be something that is in God's plan that, that you can think of that's appealing. I believe that's why it's laid out in Scripture as it is. What appeals to us? Gold. <laughs> the streets are going to be gold, right? That's what it says. And so when I think of that gold, I think of how valuable it is today, and I think that God is so precious that we're going to walk on gold, just like it's asphalt, just like it's concrete. You see, we're going to walk on gold, and God put that there because He knows gold is appealing. It's something that that we can understand and we can fathom and we can grasp, but God is far above gold. He's far beyond any of that. So however you picture heaven, just understand this. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man. Literally how great heaven is going to be. I also think about heaven and I think about God's power in John 21. Or John, when when Jesus there says, I go to prepare a place for you. John 14 when I go to prepare a place for you. Why, why does it mean He's going to prepare a place for you? Well, it in, indicates to me that heaven wasn't quite ready. So if God can create everything we know, uh, the heavens, the stars, the atmosphere, the universe, the galaxies, all that is out there, if He can create all of those things in six days by speaking them into existence, how great is heaven going to be when He's been working on it ever since? He can do exceedingly abundantly above. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and it hasn't entered our hearts of the power that God can do. Matthew 22, 9, Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaking, mistaken, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's God's power that helps us do that. Then there's Romans 1.20, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What that means is the power of God is all around us, and there's no reason why anyone shouldn't believe. When I look at Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, and I look at the power of God, I certainly see that one thing I learn in that is it is far above our imagination. But there's something else we learn in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 about God's power, and here it is. It's, it's working in us. In Ephesians 3.20, the second part of that verse, Paul continued, according to the power at work within us. The power is at work within us. As believers, we are not left to navigate life's challenges on our own. I am directionally challenged. I really am. I am not very good with it. And I, I don't mind admitting that. Maybe you can have my man card or whatever, but, but I'm not very good with directions. In fact, we took an orienteering class, and for whatever reason, they put me as the captain. That was a bad mistake. Uh, when I was in college, they put us out in the middle of the woods, and we couldn't get back. So I appreciate navigation. Went to San Antonio with Bo last week, and... Uh, the road system there is is unique. It's not like it is here in Mobile, and there you got to you know yield for traffic coming. I mean, it was just all kinds of stuff going on. And plus, they're redoing it all. And and, and he wanted to travel around and see different things. And so, uh, and I did too. And and so I was thankful to have navigation. But if we understand that in the vehicle, certainly we understand it in our spiritual lives. We need navigation. We need direction. And it's God's power that gives it to us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, think about that, Romans 8, verse 11, it dwells within us. You know, as, as daycare up here and you've had children at home, we understand we get in who the person that invented those little plastic things, what a great mind, right? But you put those in the outlets, right? Why? So that those little bitty fingers do not stick in there. Why? Because there is power coming from that plug, from that outlet. So what do we do? We want to run something, we plug into the power, and then that power runs through it so that we can run whatever piece of equipment we need to run. It's no different from us. Once we plug into God, His power runs through us, runs into us. It is by God's power that we are transformed 
and able to live victoriously and empowered to fulfill our calling. How about 2 Corinthians 4, 7? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Romans 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's God's power that changes us. It's God's power that works in us. It's God's power that allows us to show others how great our God is. But thirdly, as we look at this passage of Scripture in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, we see this. God's power demands glory back to Him. It demands glory back to Him. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 3, verse 21, To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The purpose of God's power, yes, it's for our benefit, but it's to bring glory back to Him. Jesus said it this way, Let your light so shine. Why would He talk about that? Well, of course, they didn't have electricity, but they understood how to illuminate, right? You, you would light that lamp and you would carry it around in that dark room and, and it would illuminate the room. Well, in, in a sense, we under, now understand electricity. And we walk into a dark room, we flip, flip a switch and it becomes light. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Yes, that they may see your good works. But to glorify your Father in heaven. Everything we've been given, everything we do, is to bring glory back to God. God's power is at work in the church. It empowers believers to accomplish His divine purposes. Think about how many people, people like the Apostle Paul, have had, have had misguided steps. Maybe even some who've had hard hearts that God has softened. And that He has been able to change their lives through the blood of His Son. What should we do with that life that's changed? What should we do with that heart that has been softened? We should do everything we can to bring glory back to Him. We yield to the power. We've got to yield to the power. God accomplishes exceedingly, abundantly, above, more through us than we could ever imagine or accomplish on our own. But it needs to be for His glory. Number four, God's power, it unfolds in Jesus Christ. Verse 21 concludes with the affirmation that God's power is evident in the church and in Christ Jesus. Through Jesus' redemptive work, His redemptive efforts, His mission, as we learned in Romans 5 again today, it reconciled us back to God. But it also grants us access to the Father. And it empowers us to walk in righteousness. Romans 5, 8 through 11. 
when Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave, that power became available to us. You see, the power is not available to us without Jesus. And so God's power became manifest. It was revealed. It was made known through Jesus Christ. So if if I'm here today, let's put two and two together, right? If I'm here today and, and I am a baptized believer in Jesus, I've been immersed in water, contacting His blood for the forgiveness of my sins, God has added me to the church and He's saved my sin. He's cleansed my sins, right? And so I've, I've come up out of that water and I ought to be rejoicing. I ought to be bringing glory to God because I'm tapped into the power. The other side of that, though, is if I haven't done that, I'm not. If I don't know Jesus, I don't know God's power. Can I see it around me? Sure. I can see God's majesty. I can see His majestic nature, His power all around me, but it does not work within me until it unfolds in Jesus Christ through me. Christ's resurrection power operates in us, enabling us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. Ephesians 4 verse 1. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 and 5 reminds us that we find our sufficiency and strength in Him. Let's catch our breath for a minute and remind ourselves what these verses are are telling us. Number one, God's power is far above our imagination. Number two, God's power is at work within us. Number three, God's power demands glory to Him. Number four, it unfolds in Jesus Christ and it leads us to this last point here. And this is a beautiful one. His power lasts forever. If you look at Ephesians 3.21, the passage concludes with that great declaration that God's power will endure throughout all generations forever and ever. Our God is eternal. Another great attribute of God is He's eternal. He doesn't know time. He exists outside of time. We know time. We know beginning. We know end, right? We know that a baby is born and one day an adult, hopefully that's the lifespan, will die. We know birth. We know death. We know get up. We know go to bed. We know start work. We know get off. Start school. Get out, right? We understand time. God is outside of that. Therefore, His power is also unchanging. That means His promises that we talked about last week will remain true for all time. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. 
as believers, we have the assurance that the same power that worked in the early church is available to us today. Now listen, the power of the Holy Spirit in the early church is different than the Spirit that we have today. They had the power to perform miracles and do things like that. We do not. Why? Because we have the written Word. But God's power still works in the church. God's power still works in you. It's the same power that can harden, uh, soften the hardest of hearts. It's the power of the Gospel. It's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That power that lies within Jesus, that unfolds in Jesus Christ, that, that it does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine, that brings glory back to God, that power will endure forever and ever and ever. You see, it's verses like Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 that we just don't read. We meditate on. When I see a verse like Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, it, it, thankfully in, in the English it has words in it that get my attention, right? Well, when we meditate on these verses and we meditate on the pages of God's Bible, we see His power revealed. All I've given you today is a snippet of what God's power can do. There's so many things that we could talk about. There's so many miraculous acts that have happened. There are so many amazing things that God has done and they unfold on the pages of His Holy Bible. But this same book that shows us about the power of God also shows us that we need that power. You know, when you look at fictional television or fictional movies, especially these superhero types of movies, there's always somebody trying to, to capture the power. There's always somebody trying to, to go out and get the good guy, bad guy trying to get the good guy. Well, Satan was no different. He was an angel that fell, that tried to get the power. But the power of God prevailed. And because it prevailed over Satan then, we can prevail over Satan now. We can have confidence in the ability that God has to accomplish abundantly beyond our expectations and that it will sustain us throughout all generations. But in order to receive the power We've got to surrender to the power. Today, I've got to take myself out of the equation. I've got to get rid of me and put God in. What holds us back? We can make a lot of excuses, but at the end of the day, we hold our own self back. We are drawn away by what we want, what we desire. And if sin is holding me back today, then I've gotten it in my own way. God's going to, His power is going to be on display no matter what. You think about Moses. 
as he encountered that burning bush. That was God's power. The bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. What did that do? It got Moses' attention. And even though Moses didn't want to go before Pharaoh, guess what he ended up doing? Going before Pharaoh. There's coming a time when everyone will acknowledge and bow down to the power of God. But on that day, it will be too late. So why not acknowledge it now? We have today, we have this moment, submit your lives to Him. Be obedient to the Gospel through Jesus Christ. Tap into the power and let's bring glory to Him and to the church and let's do it right now. Together we stand and sing.